Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Getting back to basics, never a bad thing, and we're going to do it today on Cover Your Assets KC. Walter Storholt here with David Dickens, President and Wealth Advisor at KC Financial Advisors. Based in Overland Park, online anywhere, though, at CoverYourAssetsKC.com. David, I know that you're uh, you're still getting over that cold. It's it's almost gone, though, it sounds like. You're, you're sounding better and better with each day, it seems. Getting right down to the end of it, I hope. I can barely hear it anymore in your voice, so... <laughs> Do, do not be concerned. You're in good shape. And you're in good hands because we've got uh, – we'll see. I'll tell the team, the editing team, to put some, like, processor on your voice. Maybe we can eliminate Ooh. the sickness with, like, post-editing. Maybe some reverb. Make me sound like I'm in a tunnel. We could do tunnels. We could slow you down. We could speed you up and make you sound like a chipmunk. We could do a lot of things. So we'll, uh... Let's not get overly creative there, Walter. <laughs> That's right. Well, and especially today. We should have done that in the golf one when we were having a little bit more, uh, a little bit more fun and being creative. Today we're getting back to basics, so we'll keep, uh, we'll keep the tie on today for the conversation. So uh, are you aware, here's kind of the question of the day or something to ponder, that not all retirement accounts are created equal? It's uh, kind of crucial to understand that every different type of account, product, plan, all these things have different pros and cons. And so in today's episode, we're going to look at some of the basics, some of the ones that you very likely have come across or will come across and your financial savings and investing life. And we're going to weigh some pros and cons. We're going to give some basic understanding of these plans. And this is all inspired, David, because you just you get questions about this all the time. No matter how much education you put out there, no matter how advanced we may get, there's always going to be folks who really need to focus on those basics. And by no means is that a bad thing. It isn't. There are, I mean, we're going to start off with the most basic of basics because it is the foundation of most people's retirement plan. But it is kind of funny when in conversation, people will throw out terms that they are pretty sure they understand. <laughs> and then you're like, nope, I just better find a gracious way to circle back on that and make sure that they actually understand what right. we're talking about. Do, do you so, have a go-to phrase that you can reveal to us, David? <laughs> like, uh, well, that, that that's a very common thought or, you know, something where you kind of like have that soft landing. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people think that. But here's what. <laughs> yep. I, okay. Excellent. I can see how you might think that. Yes. Very right. common. Perfect. Perfect. All right. So you said we'd start with the basics of basics. I'm guessing that's what like the plan anybody who ever works for you know um, a decent sized company is probably going to get exposed to the old 401k or something like that. Exactly. And so I mean most. You know I don't even know the percentage of companies that do, but like a 403b if you're a teacher. Well, they offer that. You don't have to work for a Fortune 500 company to have a 401k involved. What I, so all these plans, 401ks, 403bs, 457s, government workers have a, have a plan that is analogous to this. The biggest advantage is that they are super easy to use and they make investing for your retirement systematic. So you don't have to worry about writing a check at the end of the year for two or three or five or 10 or $20,000, you just have a little bit taken out of your paycheck every, every couple of weeks. And if you've set up your financial life correctly, you don't even notice it. You know that you're putting money away for something really important, which is your comfortable retirement. So when you build that into your budget, 
And each time you get a raise, well, your systematic investing takes care of a whole lot of your retirement plan for you. Sometimes another another positive thing about these plans is sometimes there's a company match. Company says, all right, you put in 3% and we'll match that penny for penny. Or some say you put in 6% and we'll put in 3%. Whatever it is, if your company is offering a match, that's free money. So make sure that if you do anything, you contribute at least up to the match. Another real positive here and why it's well, it's way more advantageous than an IRA, which is going to be our next little pillar that we're going to hang our hat on, is that the maximum you can put into these plans is way bigger than what you can put into an IRA. So if you're under 50, you can contribute 22500 bucks this year to your 401k or 403b or 457. If you're over 50, you can put in 30 grand this year. Those amounts are indexed to inflation and they got a big bump from last year. So that's a significant way to put a good amount of money away for your own retirement. And then the fourth really positive that I can think of is you get a tax deduction for every penny you put in. Then So there's the trade-off between using that and a Roth, which you don't get a tax deduction for. But almost any way you slice it, getting that tax deduction is a good thing. So those are the benefits for having a 401k or a 403b. And the, and the people that I have worked with as clients, that is the bedrock. That is the biggest financial asset, usually bigger than their home. It's the biggest financial asset they have because they were consistent in putting money away over their work life. So are there some negatives with that? Well, sure. If you want the money out before you turn 59 and a half, well, there's a penalty involved unless you take it out for certain specific things, but it's a 10% penalty. And of course, you have to pay the taxes. That's the other, one of the other negatives is you've got a tax deduction up front, but then once you start taking money out, every penny that comes out, what you put in and the growth, well, that's taxable just like your paycheck money. It's ordinary income. It's called ordinary income because it doesn't have any tax advantages whatsoever. No long-term capital gain, no, no dividend. It's just regular old money. And at age 73, now based on last year's tax law change, even if you don't need that money, you have to start taking it out at a, as a required minimum distribution to yourself. And then lastly, another con or another negative that might be involved is these plans tend to have pretty limited investment choices. So there may not be an investment choice that truly meets up with what you're trying to accomplish. Great breakdown of those. So we're talking kind of in this category, those 401ks, 403bs, and 457 plans. And it sounds like, David, we've, the purpose, boom, safer retirement. We, that's our retirement savings. And pros, often automated, fantastic, and often matching contributions. So that's fantastic too. But some limitations just to be aware of there. What about if we turn the page to IRAs? How do they differ and what are their own pros and cons? Yeah, so the IRA is mostly used by people that don't have a 401k or a 403b at work. So you still get the same tax deduction for contributions. You still can have easy systematic investing. You have to set it up. It's not like it comes out of your paycheck, but IRA companies are happy to, you know, it's Fidelity or TD Ameritrade or Schwab or Vanguard. They're happy to to come and get a monthly or twice a month withdrawal out of your checking account so you can systematize it. 
Uh, one of the big pros that you don't have with a 401k or a 403b is you have a very wide array of investment choices that you can use in this. You can buy in an IRA, you can buy individual stocks, you can buy exchange traded funds, you can short the market by buying an inverse ETF if you want. But there's a very wide array of investment choices in an IRA. And that's why I think it was two podcasts ago, we we did one on orphaned 401ks. And my recommendation there was roll those orphaned 401ks into an IRA. You don't have any tax implications for doing that. And you dramatically increase your investment choices. So the negative about an IRA, if that's your only tax deferred savings plan for retirement, well, the amount you can put in is way smaller than a 401k. So if you're under 50, you can put in 6,500 bucks a year, single or married. Each married person could put in 6,500 bucks each. If you're over 50 years old, well, you can put in 7,500 bucks, but that's way less. That's 7,500 bucks is way less than the 30,000 you could put in maximum contribution in a 401k. That's a big discrepancy or a big difference. It's a major discrepancy. Uh, But you know what? Uh, 7,500 is better than zero, and it's not quite as good as 30,000. But it's another tool you can use to feather your nest for your the retirement that you're trying to build for yourself. So IRAs are good. IRA rollovers, where you take those orphaned 401ks, are really good. Excellent. All right. So then we get to your favorite is next on this retirement basics conversation. What about when we enter the, the Roth into the equation? Now, I guess... Roth isn't really just its own plan. It's kind of like a modifier. Is that right? Yeah. So some 401ks offer a Roth component and there's a Roth IRA. So depending on which of the prior two that you use, well, you can have a Roth option. And the biggest differences there are on the positive side, every penny you ever take out of a Roth IRA is tax-free because you didn't get, the negative is you didn't get the tax deduction when you put it in. Uh, So tax, all withdrawals, growth, and the money you put in all comes out tax-free. And so that's an awesome thing. There aren't any required minimum distributions out of a Roth. So you turn 73 and you have to start taking money out of your IRA, your 401k, but not your Roth. So you can take that money out anytime you want, but you're not required to take it out. It is a fantastic vehicle for your heirs to inherit. Now, depending on who they are and how old they are, they may have to clean that account out within 10 years, but every penny they take out is tax-free. So it's awesome for them too. And then you have a wide array of investment choices like you would with an IRA. So there gotta be some negatives. If you got all those positives, something has to be negative. So I already mentioned you don't get a deduction when you make the contribution. So that can certainly be a negative. There's a penalty if you take the money out before a five-year holding period. But what most people don't understand is that penalty is only for the earnings on the money you put in. The money you put in, you can take out the next day, the next week, the next month, or any time during that five-year period. And there's no tax and no penalty for doing that. The penalty only gets incurred on the earnings in the first five years. And then finally, I guess a a negative could be you have to have earned income to contribute. So let's just say that you have a part-time job and you're 74 years old. 
Well, let's say you earn six grand from your part-time job. You can put the entire six grand into your Roth IRA. It grows tax-free. And when you take the money out, that's tax-free. So the negative is you have to have earned income. But if you do, instead of sticking the money in a bank or in a brokerage account, stick it in your Roth. You're going to get the tax benefits, the tax-free growth, and no restrictions on taking it out. I don't know why, but uh, when you just said that, I, I just picture you walking around with a T-shirt on, David, that says, stick it in your Roth. <laughs> oh, man. It, that'd that get some people good, Walter. That, would that be good? Stick it in your Roth. People yeah. would be like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> and then it's a very wholesome explanation of what it means, but it's kind of, you know, it's got a little bit of that provocativeness to it. So. <laughs> I'll have to think about that. Put it all alongside of cover your assets. There you go. Yes. We, we tow the line of G and PG rated here on the show. <laughs> Um, too funny. I like it. All right. So we've covered a lot of good basics so far. 401ks and their similar plans, IRAs, the Roth side of things. I have heard of these simple, the, the word simple enter the equation, like simple IRA or um, a SEP account. I don't know if that's simple plus EP or if it's a simple SEP or <laughs> what's that part of the world that we yeah. uh, often encounter. Okay. So these are basically self-employed pension plans. So if you're a if you're a sole proprietor, or maybe you're a 1099 employee, you're a gig worker. Uh, you don't you're not associated with a big company that offers a 401k. You're self-employed. Well, these are two terrific plans. They get there are a lot of details, so I'm not going to go into significant detail about all the twists and turns. But basically, with a simple IRA, you can put in fifteen thousand five hundred bucks this year, or nineteen thousand if you're over fifty, uh, feathering your own nest for retirement. And you get the tax deduction like you're putting money into an IRA. A SEP, self-employed pension plan, you can put 25% of your compensation up to $66,000 away each year into your SEP plan. So if you're self-employed, you don't really have anything going on, but you know you used to work for a, for a company that had a 401k and now you're working for yourself. Look into simple IRAs, SEPs, or even a, a an individual 401k. Those are three plans with three different traits, a bunch of different traits to them. And one of them is likely to be a very good fit for your current work situation. Hmm. Very cool. That's neat to hear that there's some additional flexibilities for business owners to kind of work with at their disposal. All right. Now, what about HSAs and FSAs? I have that on our list of basics here, but we're getting into more like healthcare stuff now, right? Exactly. So this is a this is a little bit in the weeds, but a whole lot of employers offer these FSAs, these flexible savings accounts. And some employers offer a health savings account contribution that maybe they'll help you with. And even if your employer doesn't and you have a high deductible plan, you can set up an HSA account for yourself outside of your employer. So I'm not sure how much detail to go into what they are. Maybe the base, the biggest differences are that an HSA can only be used for healthcare costs, but it's an account that goes with you for the rest of your life. The money never expires. You don't have to spend it. You get a tax deduction for putting the money in. It grows tax-free. And if you spend the money on healthcare costs, it comes out tax-free. Walter, it is better than a Roth IRA. What? What? I know. That's a shocker. You did not just say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only thing other that's better 
in the financial world. It's the only thing that's better <laughs> than a Roth IRA. Oh, man. I, I never thought I'd say I that. I never that's thought true. I'd say it either. But I guess you're kind of describing it as like, it's this is true, like when we have the words tax-free, doesn't really apply to Roth. The growth is tax-free, but the money's already taxed that goes in there, right? So it's exactly pay me now or pay me later, but the HSA is really kind of tax-free if you spend it on medical expenses, right? Yep. Okay. You get the tax deduction up front and all the growth and all the the money coming out is tax-free. So it is awesome. Yeah, I have to now, an make, FSA... I have to, make, I have to make another liner now <laughs> since we've got something that trumps the Roth, but the HSA doesn't come up as often, so... Man, we're going to have to do an entire podcast on HSAs. I think so. I think you might have just now that I put it on such a pedestal. You did, yeah. You can't kind of say like this is the best thing ever, and then not do an episode on it. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So those have limits. You know, seventy seven hundred bucks. That the uh, amounts go up each year. It's different for married than for single, but it's a it's a fantastic way to save and invest. My my HSA, it allows me to. Like a 401k, it has a wide variety of of investment mutual funds that I can buy, uh, bond, stock mutual funds, etc. So it has a ton of flexibility. It's a real investment account, and it's inheritable. You don't even have to spend it before you die. So, uh, but most people are, are going to have way higher healthcare costs than they think they will when they get into retirement and start aging. So an HSA is going to be your friend when you get into retirement. A flexible savings account, an FSA, is something that a lot of employers offer. It's a way to say uh, during open enrollment, usually in November or so, I'm going to have this much taken out of my uh, paycheck every two weeks or every month, and it's going to go into this little side account over here that the company manages for me, and I can spend that money on healthcare maybe your deductibles or whatever you have that you're spending on healthcare. And I can spend it on childcare, which luckily <laughs> as an empty nester, I don't have to worry about. But there are lots of, of workers that are still have childcare expenses. So you can spend it on those two types of things. The max you can put in is right around, th is I think three grand this year. So it's not like it's a mountain of money, but if you have money left over at the end of year, that money in a lot of cases expires. It's use it or lose it, whereas the HSA, the health savings account, goes with you throughout your life. So that's a bit of a negative with the flexible savings account. You wouldn't want to put in the full three grand out of your paycheck unless you were pretty sure you were going to spend the three grand on, well, childcare will eat up three grand pretty fast. But it's a terrific benefit. The IRS does not tax you on that money, and the money comes out tax-free during the year. So those two plans are usually, they're almost always related to employers, although you can have an HSA and be self-employed. Uh, you can put money into your HSA and not even have earned income. <laughs> it just keeps getting better, Walter. I really you don't like have it. to have her. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a great explanation. You're, you're winning me over. I'm the <laughs> the FSAs always annoyed me a little bit, though, just like the use it or lose it part. Yeah. Um, exactly. That, that gets to me because then you find yourself at the end of the year scrambling around like, what can I go spend money on? Or can I yeah. find old receipts to try and spend <laughs> spend this money on something? So, How many bottles of ibuprofen can I buy? Yes, yes. When will the government yeah. get suspicious? H HR sends you that note in late November saying, you still have 
twelve hundred bucks you've got to spend. All right, contact lenses. Yes. I can go to the dentist and fix that tooth I've been meaning to fix. But anyway, that use it or lose it is a, is can be a definite negative. But it's a terrific way to cover those types of expenses if you're sure you're going to have them. Oh, so just to circle back on the HSA, uh, unlike the Roth, you do have to have earned income to contribute to a Roth, but you don't even have to have earned income to put money in your HSA. All you have to do is be covered by a high deductible health insurance plan, and you can't be on Medicare. Hmm. Okay. So pretty good deal. Another check mark in the greatest of all time honor that was bestowed upon the HSAs today. Amazing. <laughs> All right, let's let's sort of one more category of things in here. I know we've covered a lot of ground in our basics today, but let's talk more. We've talked a lot about plans. Just want to spend a few minutes on maybe some of the most popular retirement-related products. So anybody preparing for retirement has probably started to come across terms like dividend stocks, CDs, annuities. Maybe you can throw in a few others, David, perhaps, but I know we could do entire shows on each one of those. So some high-level views and pros and cons, perhaps, of how those get utilized and what their purposes are. Yeah. So based on my commitment to try to keep these podcasts to 20 minutes, we're not going to go into a ton of detail on these. But for instance, dividend stocks, the positive there is, first of all, they're super liquids. You can buy and sell them on a daily basis. They are actually trading stocks. They're stocks that trade every day on the New York Stock Exchange or elsewhere. And they pay a dividend, a quarterly dividend. Like interest on your CD, they pay a dividend to the stockholder. And the beautiful thing about that is that dividends are taxed advantageously to the stockholder. So regardless of your tax bracket, the dividends you earn are going to be taxed lower. And hopefully the stock that you're investing in, Exxon, Procter & Gamble, IBM, whatever those are, they hopefully grow in value over the years that you own this these stocks. The negative is that they can be very volatile, especially in down stock markets. So, you know, as long as you understand that piece of it, that these accounts can, these stocks can go down in value, the dividend can be a very healthy way to pad your retirement income. So things that are on the safer side of the investment spectrum would be things like CDs, you know, other bank deposits and annuities. So probably because we've, we've been indoctrinated in it so much, bank products, including CDs, are super understandable. You give a bank a certain amount of money for two years. They pay you interest. You get a 1099 every year because it's taxable. And at the end... You get your money back and you do something else with it. Super simple, super straightforward. And these days, actually starting to come up in yield where three and a half or four and a half percent all of a sudden has come back into vogue. So you can actually get a decent return on some of those types of super safe investments. Annuities can be way more complicated or they can be totally plain vanilla. And sometime in the last two years, we actually did an entire podcast on the different types of annuities. And we might want to freshen that up over the next month or so. But they tend to be used by people who are looking for income and safety, a lot like a bank product would be used for. There are ways to get into lockup periods with annuities. There are ways to get into things that actually do fluctuate in value like variable annuities. 
Uh, but you can go as safe or pretty much as risky as you'd like in the annuity field. They have a place in a lot of people's retirement plans. You just want to make sure that you're understanding what you're actually getting. Really helpful, David. Appreciate your perspective on all of these basics. And if you have further questions about what we've talked about today. I, I want to know a little bit more about this 403B that I'm in. And what's that Roth option? I, I need to learn more about that. Is that something I should do? I've seen that before on some paperwork. Um, if it's a question like that, or if it's something that's deeper, like, hey, how can I pick the right options so that I can get all the way through retirement? Uh, or maybe it's trying to, you know, utilize uh, all these different things, but your circumstances are changing inside of your financial life and in your portfolio. And you're wondering how, how now you should re position. Well, those are the kinds of problems and solutions David's working through with everybody in the office every day, in fact, helping people get to and through retirement and with uh, better understanding, better education, and also more success. And so if you've got any questions like that, don't hesitate to reach out to David. 913-317-1414 is the number. 913-317-1414 or online at coveryourassetskc.com. And those uh, pieces of contact information are in the description or the show notes section of today's show, as always. Uh, David, thanks for the help and uh, the guidance on the program today. There's a new king in town, the HSA. And, uh, <laughs> look forward to that, uh, that full-blown podcast on the HSA one of these days. Yeah, I'll get to work on that. All right, sounds good. <laughs> David's like, darn it, now i got more homework. <laughs> well, have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Cover Your Assets, Casey. Investment advisory services offered through ChangePath LLC, a registered investment advisor. ChangePath LLC and KC Financial Advisors are separate companies.